One thing about me, I love being different. And one thing about being different is you separate yourself from the competition. And I did a top five or however many movies it was of the worst movies of 2023 so far. But I feel like my worst movie of 2023, the worst movies of 2023 was like two films. But at the end of the year, I may do another list because I just literally just said two of the worst movies because I don't think that they can top five nights, five nights, five nights at Freddy's and um, Exorcist Believer because the reason why I deem them movies bad is because The Exorcist has been around for a long time. And I think number one and number three were the best of the series. The scariest of the series. Forest Five Nights and Freddy's. You're a video game movie. So you have a lot riding on you. But I'm not going to talk about the negatives and the worst movies of 2023. However, I'm going to talk about the top 10 movies of 2023 so far. Actually, you know what? I'm confident that these movies are going to be good. Let's see what movies are coming out in 2023. Hold up. 2023. 2023 movies. I'm going to Google it right now. Live people. So I'm actually doing this. So let's see upcoming 2023 movies. I think the best website to go on for stuff like that. Okay. We got Thanksgiving coming. All right, I know that's going to be really good. So, Thanksgiving is coming out. That's the Eli Roth movie. The new Hunger Games is coming out. Um, good Burger 2 is coming out. Okay, so some of these films are pretty good. Okay, but all right, well, anyways, guess this will be part one of my list. So, due to that, this will be part one of 2023 Best Movies. But I don't think these movies are going to change. So, so far, I'm going to do 10 films, and I'm going to explain to you why and where to stream these movies. So, without further ado, number 10 on my list is going to be a movie on Amazon Prime called Totally Killer. Totally Killer, I think, was made by the guy that made um, Happy Death Day. I don't know. Let's see. Let's double check. Christopher Landis, I think that's his name. Oh, it wasn't by him, but it's a Blumhouse film. So anyways, Happy Death Day is literally like a Back to the Future meets Halloween or something where it's a killer and this killer travels through time to stalk this girl and this girl is going back in time to save her mom and everything like that. The movie was cheesy and goofy, but it was really good because I am a fan of slashers. And slasher comedies. It kind of somewhat kind of reminded me of Freaky a little bit, but not really. But, you know, the killer was very obvious and um, totally killer. So it really wasn't a bad movie. So y'all should definitely check that out if you like horror and comedy and want to do something a little bit different. Because it's like out of the, all the movies I'm ranking, it's like one of the most recent movies that came out. So y'all are going to like it. So if you went to comedy and horror and just silliness, you're going to like totally kill it. Number nine. It's going to be a good people. A good people. A good movie called You People. You People has Eddie Murphy in it. And Seth Rogen in it. 
Really, really good film. Made me laugh off my, you know, made me laugh. But the reviews was very mixed for you people. And I don't know why it was mixed for you people because it has Lauren London, Jonah Hill, Eddie Murphy. It's a pretty good duo right there. I'm going to go to Rotten Tomatoes and read some of the reviews and see why, like, some people hated the movie. Because, again, I've seen worse movies. Even the audience gave it a 35% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. So, when audience hated and everything, yeah. So, I'm going to read, uh, let's see, a Rotten Review right quick. And this Rotten Review is going to be, let's just do a random one. All right, it's going to be from Eric Childress. Huh, pretty weird name. Eddie Murphy, Jonah Hill, and Julie Louise Dreyfus occasionally find the love of human between them that the film wants to observe. But it often treats itself in behavior towards everyday people that it loses what edge you think it has. My comment and rebuttal for that is it's comedy. Although we are living in a sensitive time where you kind of can't say stuff and people are going to be a little bit of a, you know, I don't know how to say it, but people are very sensitive these days. And I don't know why. All right, so let's look at some audience reviews of this movie. All right, so I'm going to randomly look at one. Somebody gave this one and a half star. All right, I'm not going to read all this shit. But some lady named Pam M, if you listen to this, Pam, I'm sorry. You know, but that's probably why you've been beefing with, with Martin, because Pam, you, you know. This says a complete waste of amazing cast so poorly and boringly tackling critically important issues in the most vexatious way. Okay. So what I'm gathering is it's kind of similar to Get Out where a lot of people, I remember when, I'm going to tell you this and I'm going to continue with my review. When Get Out came out, a lot of African-American people Love the movie, but a lot of white people that I've experienced, not saying are all around the world, but it was backlash saying it was teasing them. But I don't get why people like trash movies like New People or movies like Get Out or any Jordan Peele movie or any movie tackling black and white. First of all, it's satire for comedy movies. Don't take it serious. But I grew up on shows like Mad TV and things like that. And Mad TV did it. everything and didn't care. But it was more chill. But now shows like Family Guy and South Park, people love that shit. People love Family Guy and South Park. But Family Guy and South Park pokes fun at special needs people, black people, white people, stuff like Palestine wars and make fun of that and y'all love it people are indulged with that so why y'all upset at a movie teasing black and white people are a perception like we're in a state where people are sensitive and soft and that's why people gotta grow up i'm sensitive too but when i'm sensitive i get over it and i just laugh but bro y'all love soft we in a generation where y'all love soft park and a lot of stuff South Park, Family Guy, things like this, Rick and Morty, and all types of television shows that are controlled by a lot of, how do you say it? What's a better word? 
wealthy people or established people or respected people or people of power compared to a culture person like Regina King when she made the boondocks, she they made fun of everybody, but yet y'all counsel stuff like that. And I noticed when the premise is an African-American making fun of a certain race or a generation, people want to counsel that. A lot of black sitcoms got counseled due to comedy and, you know, us sending a message. And it, it kind of sucks. It kind of sucks. It kind of sucks. But off topic, but I'm kind of glad, like, the chick, she makes a lot of TV shows. I forgot her name. I don't feel like Googling right now again. Okay, I guess I'm going to Google again. But um, the black lady that black lady that make um, soap operas. Hold on. I forgot her, I forgot her name. Uh, what is her name? I'm trying to Google it. Anyways, y'all know who I'm talking about. It's a black lady. She do soap operas and everything. She's known for it. So, and she's been doing it for years, for years. And I like that a black lady is in power of daytime TV. We'll do that another day. Next movie is Missing. Missing, you can stream on Netflix. You people, you can stream on Netflix. Missing is a really good movie. It had a really good twist. I'm not going to spoil it, but it was a really good movie. Dia Long and everything, and her daughter was in it. It was a lot of mystery. It wasn't, it was crazy. It was a crazy good movie. And a lot of movies have that crazy theme of that crazy character reveal. And it's like, oh, didn't see that coming. Oh, I knew that. So for a PG 13 movie, it did a lot. It did a lot because it's a lot of tropes of. Oh, I'm kidnapped. Oh, I'm missing. I'm in a different country. Oh, no. Mom's missing. Dad's missing. My child's missing. I have to get revenge. We've seen that concept a lot, but missing was a, a kind of original and very contemporary with the FaceTime. Fine. It, it's a lot. You have to watch the movie. It's a really good movie. Really good cast. I should definitely watch missing. Number seven on my list is going to be Evil Dead Rise. Now, let me tell you this. Evil Dead was kind of like the Nightmare on M Street series. I think the first Nightmare was serious, and I think the fourth Nightmare was serious. I forgot. But then, the original Evil Dead was campy and cheesy. I think the first Evil, original OG Evil Dead was fun. It was scary a little bit. It was quirky. It was cool. Sam Raimi, yeah. But after we got to the second one in Army of Darkness and Ash vs. Evil Dead, it was silly. One of my favorite top five horror movies of all time was always Evil Dead 2013. And Evil Dead 2013 was such a great movie. Great movie. Great movie. You should definitely check out Evil Dead 2013 and Evil Dead 2023 because it was a really good movie. It was a little scary. I liked the storyline. It was just good. It was a little slow. It was a little fast-paced. It was just a mixture of just a shaking bag. It was good. Next movie on my list. Because a lot of movies on my list, these movies that I'm about to rank now are movies that have sequels, trilogies, franchises, and cliffhangers. So this is the section where things are about to get a little bit different and fast and dealing with family. 
Fast X. Fast X is going to be three parts. So technically speaking, Fast X1, Fast X2, I don't know. Fast 11 and Fast 12 is coming out. It was already announced before the movie came out. Sorry. Rest in peace to Paul Walker and everything. But I feel like they're going to probably try to bring him back. I just feel like that's what they're going to... I don't know. Fast X was all over the place. But I saw the movie and like... It wasn't 40X, but it was similar to 40X. And... It was a pretty good movie. It was fast-paced. It was, a, you know, Fast Fears movies are always going beyond. I think the best Fast and the Fears villain was from part two. But... The Fast X villain played by Jason Momoa. Oh my God. I like it. I love him in Fast X. Like, Dante. Dante, like, bro, Dante. Man. Talk about versatile acting. I, okay, I'm telling you. At first, when I heard that Jason Momoa is going to play a villain, I'm like, oh, Aquaman's going to play a villain. Ha 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 ha. He's going to be like Jim Carrey in the number 23. Or he's going to be like Vince Vaughn and Psycho. I'm not going to take him serious. Or my favorite, Chris Rock and Spiral. Like, okay, this is a whole comedy show. <laughs> Here we go. But Jason Momoa did his thing. Dante was a silly villain that could be in a superhero movie. or a guy. It was good. He was very, very dark and silly. Like, I feel like I could play a good character villain like that. It gives you range of, you don't have to be, oh, I'm the villain and I'm going to fuck you. No, he was a really silly villain. And a lot of shit that he was doing was like crazy. So he was like a psychopath. He was funny It was and he was good. So he was kind of like that pro wrestler you hate, but you like at the same time. Or that comic book character like the Joker that you hate and like at the same time. And he's influential. And I pray one day when we have top 10 villains of all time, Dante should be on there because he was good and the Too Fast and Too Furious villain was good too. They're one of the best villains in the franchises. Best two. And they wanted a few villains that don't turn into a good guy. So I like that. Fast X is definitely... Good to watch with Jason Momoa. Next movie on my list. I was debating. Scream 6. Scream 6 was really, really good. I put a Scream ranking on there. That was number one on my Scream list. Crazy, right? Scream 6 was a really good movie. I loved it. It was really, really good. I liked the multiple killers in the movie. Sorry for spoiling it, but I didn't say the number. But I like the multiple killers in the movie. The storyline was, nah, it was good. The opening, uh, the ending was, uh, yeah. So, Scream Six was a really good movie. It was like the first Scream movie without Neff Campbell, aka Sidney Prescott, in it. And then it just had only Gail Weathers as their only legacy character. So yeah, but I like that. Screen six, everybody is like up in the ante, meaning Gail is way more experienced. Can't try no shit on her. 
The Carpenter sisters are good. I hate the Meeks twins. I'm going to keep saying it. I hate the Meeks twins so much. I hope they die in the next movie. God. But the movie was good. It was very gory. And it was very innovative and it was different. And I think it had a high kill count too. So James A. Janice, kudos to this kill count because I think that's going to be one of the best screen kill counts right now. Alright. Speaking of kill counts, Saw X. Saw X was good. Saw X was different. Saw X is literally the first movie since the first one that literally gave you a story. Because number one, I always hated Amanda. After her and Hoffman, I hated. But once seeing them in a movie, I liked them a little bit. And I kind of see, well, excluding Hoffman, I hate him. But I cheered when I saw him. But the premise is literally some realistic shit where you are scamming somebody. And this is something that goes on today that exists still to this day on different categories. Especially when you watch daytime TV and you see JJ over here selling from good times, over here selling some insurance and everything about like, yeah, this is how I'm insurance. You get Dino Mike. Like, hold on, let me see if I can find a commercial so I can play it. It, it, it when when I saw that when I saw the premise of the movie. Hold on, let me see. Let me see if I can find it. Oh boy, I found it. Hold on. Hopefully. It's me again. Listen to this. Medicare Part C plans with extra benefits like getting money added back to your Social Security check every month may now be available to you in your zip code. Make sure you're not missing out. It's simple. One, call the number on your screen. Two, they'll look up your zip code and see if you're eligible. Three, they'll check for plans with extra benefits. All right. So first of all, when I think of that, I always think of that commercial because people are scamming. And they have many celebrities doing it. So when I think of it, I said, damn, what if Jerry Kramer killed JJ from Good Times, the character he played, Jimmy Walker, because you're scamming older people. And senior citizens during the time has always been scammed from those Life Alert commercials and all of those. And out of all people in the world, you want to scam a killer, which, because in his universe, John Kramer is known for being the jigsaw killer. So you want to frame this dude who's a murderer? What are you doing? You scammed him. Like, everybody in the movie got what this got was coming. It was one character in the movie I kind of felt bad for. But other than that, everybody else, I'm like, no. And there was one character in the movie I hated. And this was the first Saw movie where they had a character you hated more than John Kramer and Amanda and Hoffman combined. And, bro, that's a lot of hate. And it was just a scene in there where, let's just say it, it was out of the ordinary. It was a certain type of person involved in the movie that shouldn't have been involved. But it's theories that this person may be a princess of Jigsaw. If you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. But the movie started off very slow. It wasn't like, oh, let's get to traps. It was literally storytelling. 
it was kind of storytelling and 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 a lot of empty plot holes, plot holes, plot holes that was occurring. So Saw X is definitely good to see. So you definitely got to see that because it's the best Saw movie ever. And that says a lot. Because this one ain't always about torture porn. Next is Creed 3. Creed 3 is really, really good. When you say number 3 for a movie, 9 out of 10, number 3 ain't always good. Except Dream Warriors. But it's a lot in Exorcist 3. 5.13.3 wasn't that good. Uh, my, uh, end of the day, Hellraiser 3 wasn't that good. I can name a lot of well, I don't know. Three was I, but statistically speaking, when it comes to the third film of a franchise or a trilogy, the third movie is always going to be a hit or miss. And my love for Creed Three, I'm going to get judged for this. It's the same love I have for Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith, because it's a third in a franchise of a different character or a different director or a different direction. And I like it. It's part of a newer trilogy, a contemporary trilogy. So I love episode three because Hayden Christensen was really good as Anakin Skywalker. Michael B. Jordan was way better in this movie. This was way better than Creed 2. Creed 2 was okay. It was a little boring, but part three was really good. It was good because you had a character that we could all relate to and they, that could be like I said, contemporary and realistic today because it's a character you have that can be somebody you're close to, your homeboy, that want to follow a dream, go to jail, get shot or get killed, and you live in his legacy or in another spectrum, you live in his dream. And you're not acknowledging him, you're not checking on him or nothing. I like the story. The cast was... The cast of Young and Old was good. It was a good movie and everything. Yeah, good. It's a good villain. Well, more like anti-villain or villain. I don't know, but it was a good. It was a really good character. It was a really good movie and had a really good character. And I, I like it. Creed Three is definitely worth checking out. And Michael B. Jordan did his thing, and the cinematography in the movie was still like, wow. Like, one scene, fight scenes kept switching over. Like, the cinematography kept switching to different colors, the angles, the panning. It was good, and it was literally a story. It wasn't like, okay, let's just throw this together. This don't have no relation to these movies. Like, most of the part three, like, part three of movies. But it was good. Next movie on my list, number two, is Megan. Megan was really, really good because it was realistic. We did the killer doll thing a lot of times, but a killer AI doll was is way better than Child's Play 2019 because that's the one movie I hated. I'm going to do movies I've hated, starting like with reboots and requels. But part Megan was really, really good. Like she would kind of, she was kind of misunderstood a little bit because she had one friend and she made it known. But once she started killing, oh my God. And a lot of these characters in this movie, Deserted to die. Except one character. There's one character that died in a silly way. I'm like, <laughs> why you killed him, Megan? But, like, it's one scene where, let's say this. The neighbor had it coming. 
a lot of people had this shit coming. A lot of people had it coming in this movie. And I am not a fan of PG-13 horror movies because, again, we're in a sensitive culture and a sensitive generation where people are crybabies. And a lot of people was like, oh, we should make this horror movie PG-13. I remember I posted a TikTok video. It was on my TikTok, MJ Does Come You 713. Also follow me. But I posted a trailer of Megan dancing and the video got like shadow banned or reported. And it was restricted. It's restricted like those videos of like somebody dying or something and they post and they say, be aware of sensitive content, but it's like her dancing. And I remember the movie was supposed to be rated R, but I saw the unrated version, I saw the rated version. It really wasn't that much of a difference when they cut the movie. But a lot of people had it coming in that movie. And I liked it. I loved it. Megan was really good. It was refreshing. It was good. Now I heard a talk of they're trying to make a Chucky versus Megan. First of all, for you to have your debut movie that was good, then come out to say you versus Chucky, and I remember Megan and Chucky was tweeting each other on X, I don't know, or maybe it was some special. That says a lot for you to come out with your first film, and you already feuding with somebody that's been around since 1988. And he's a notorious serial killer. But in the contemporary times, you're an AI, meaning like Jarvis and Ultron. With you being an AI, your mind can be so much built and better that you know techniques that occurred in the 1500s, 790, 280, I mean BC. So you have all of this knowledge and stemmed inside your brain, which you can compute, facing against off a serial killer like Chucky. I will pay money to see that because, again, just because Megan has just came out don't mean nothing because artificial intelligence and computers have been evolving since the time of hieroglyphs, holograph, whatever, since the Egyptian times to the typewriter to the first Macintosh computer, first Windows computer. So technology has been everywhere. And a lot of books has been written. So books and stuff are retained online and archived from floppy disks to CDs, from flash drives to clouds to video games. So having a powerful entity like Megan, a killer AI versus one of the most powerful killer dogs in the world, especially with Chucky up in his ante of being in multiple bodies, possessing multiple people, it's different. It'll be good. It'll be worth the money. If I read that movie, I already just gave y'all a pitch. Like, you have millions of years of experience of technology versus a person with decades of experience of murder. Murder versus technology? That's good because let me tell you something. A lot of people are obsessed with murder these days. Look at these serial killers people are obsessed with. Look at these documentaries people are obsessed with. So people are obsessed with serial killers, harem killers, and they're also obsessed with technology. That's two things that'll make a person want to watch a TV show or a movie. Last movie, and the best film of 2023 that should win an Oscar is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Across the Spider-Verse literally had the best soundtrack. Similar to Creed 3. Creed 3 also had a good soundtrack, so I forgot to mention that. Creed 3 and Across the Spider-Verse had the best soundtracks this year. But 
Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse has the best soundtracks. You got Lil Wayne on the soundtrack. You got different versions of Spider-Man. Then you got that cliffhanger ending. It's so good. It is so good. Then you get a cameo from one of the live action Spider-Mans, which is like, <gasps> what? It's a good movie. And it's realistic. A lot of stuff in the movie is realistic. And there's a couple swearing in the movie, too. A lot of people are cursing in the movie. So it's a lot of swear words. And then it's like, okay. So it's a very serious Spider-Man movie that kids, teenagers, and adults can watch because it's not all quirky and animated. Oh, you killed my mother or my father. I'm going to avenge you. It was a really good movie. So I would definitely tell y'all to check out Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse because it's streaming on Netflix right now. The number one movie ever made in 2023 that may be an Oscar-worthy movie by the animation style and by the... um soundtrack and you got a grammy award winning artists on the soundtrack and you got a grammy like come on man so a movie that can win a grammy and an oscar and many other awards even awards for teenagers and kids that's a huge rare spectrum to just win awards for music and movies and artistic value so definitely, if you're a fan of Spider-Man, you, you ain't no fan of motherfucking Spider-Man. Check this movie out. Please check Spider-Verse out because it's a good-ass movie and the best movie this year. And I don't think no one would go top that.